0: Protestants worship God through their spirit-filled worship services, fellowship, and Bible studies. Catholics worship God through their beautiful cathedrals, liturgies, and sacred traditions. As Protestants and Catholics, we worship the same God, we just do it a little differently. But that's no reason to behave like prideful little children in the Father's house, who fight over who God loves more, just because he gave us different colored rooms. If we want to beat the enemy, Protestants and Catholics must join forces, but how? Stop talking about how we are different and start talking about how we are the same. We are all the same in our struggles. We are all broken and we all need a savior named Jesus. There are 120 million Protestants and Catholics in America. Imagine if we stopped fighting each other and started fighting the enemy and his evil doers. Imagine if we all pointed in the same direction, back towards God. Imagine if we started voting for laws that align with God's laws. What would happen? We believe that God's hand of protection and favor would heal our land and bring us back to one nation under God. We like this idea so much, we created Broken Catholic, the number one podcast in the world for Protestants and Catholics. Now, close your eyes and take a listen as everyday Christians share shocking before and after stories of how they resisted or cooperated with God's plan for their lives and what happened next. Grab your pen and paper because in the next few minutes, you're going to learn how to increase your faithfulness, your fruitfulness, and your fulfillment in God's kingdom. Let's go. Welcome to Broken Catholic. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a broken Catholic and former atheist. If this is your first time joining us, thank you for being here. So today our featured guest is Kinsey Ray. Uh, Kinsey is a professional model and actress. She's based out of Los Angeles, California, USA. And she's striving to leave her mark on the world, not by being just a model, but by being a role model. I love that. I love that little spin you did there, Kinsey. Through her story of struggling with self-love, self-harm, she hopes to inspire people to love themselves just the way they are. Love is the most important and powerful force in the universe, she believes. Once you learn how to love yourself, the possibilities are endless of what God can do in your life. She's out to prove that anything is possible regardless of who you are and where you come from. You can find her at KinseyRay.com. That's KinseyRay.com. Let me spell it for you because she's so fancy. It's K-I-N-Z-E-Y. R A Y dot com. That's KinseyRay.com. Um, and she's going to speak to us a little bit about her backstory of modeling and what that was like. And then some of the darkness that was in her life. And she went all the way into the darkness. And now she's in the light and she's using that uh, pain that she used to have. And she's turning into her power. Kinsey Ray, welcome to the show, girl. Uh, go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you?
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me. What an honor. Um, I love speaking about this because it's, oh, it's my passion. This is what I enjoy doing. So thank you again for having me on here. Um, it looks like I need to update my bio a little bit because I guess maybe my heart is still living in California. I am back in Salt Lake City, Utah, where I grew up. I know, I know. <laughs> When you read that, I was like, oh, that's outdated, okay. Uh, um, But yes, I was a professional working model in California for a couple years, which was a huge dream of mine, so to check that one off the list just was phenomenal. Now I'm back in Salt Lake City, Utah, with my beautiful fiance and where my family lives and where I grew up, so hopefully maybe one day I'll make it back to California, but we'll see.
0: Got it, cool. So, like I said earlier... Uh, we don't edit the show, so now Los Angeles, <laughs> California is on the map. Awesome. Woo! So I always start the intro um, kind of this way, start us out. Uh, share with us something personal about you, not the topic. We're going to get into that. Something personal about you that very few people in your business life know.
1: Ooh. Um, in my business life, I guess something uh, – Personal. Let's see. Um, you know, I've gone through a lot of. I guess I like being on here um, because my faith was very instilled um, through losing my sister. My sister passed away when I was 19 years old. Mm. Uh, she was 26 years old uh, due to cancer, and that really. I was already in the modeling industry when that happened, but that really just confirmed and like lit a fire underneath me like no one should die at 26 like I just have to believe like there was a reason for that like um, and I oddly enough I've learned so much through losing her and it really just showed me like tomorrow's not guaranteed you could wake up and you could get cancer and this year has actually been a very transformational year for me because I turned 26 this year and that just kind of kind of set me back and like, whoa, what if this year I found out I had six months to live? Like what how would I feel about that? Am I doing enough to get my story out there? Cause this story that we're gonna talk about today, it's been been inside of me for years. And maybe it was me turning twenty six that really click the button to move forward with this. But just in the last uh, five months, I've really been pursuing getting my message out there and it's been interesting. You came into my life and all these opportunities and things have come my way to share my story. Um, So I don't know if that's my sister or what, what's going on here, but it's been very interesting that I turned 26 and this, this path has really opened up for me to come out and just keep sharing my story to hopefully impact one person's life.
0: Wow. Love it. So, BC Nation, um, today's topic is uh, self-harm versus self-love, and Kinsey is an expert in both sides of that, and we'll get into what I mean by that, Um, but before we go there, Kinsey, I'm going very broad with you here, okay? Why do you think that the world isn't working right now?
1: Truly, I believe that so many of our issues come from, Because I've really dived into this product, into this topic that everything that's working or isn't working comes from self-love. And that's why that's like such my big, big message and big thing, like all success, all failures, all wars, all good and bad and evil and picking on people and being mean. And it comes from a place of not loving yourself. If you are mean to somebody it's because there's something inside of you that you're not loving so you want to go pick it pick on it on someone else because it's way easier to pick on other people than it is to be like oh wait that's you that's, <laughs> that's not working it's way easier to pick it out on other people but when you have to look in the mirror it's way harder and that's such a small scale being mean to somebody when you take that concept on a large scale there's wars and corruption and you know you name all the awfulness in the world but I truly believe all problems and all success stem from that core concept.
0: You know, that's such a great way that you frame that. And I would have to agree with you on that, right? What do you think the cause of all the, uh, the lack of self-love in each of us, right? Because um, as C.S. Lewis, I believe, was quoted when he was asked the question, why do you think the world's not working? He said, I am. And that was his answer. <laughs> I'm the reason the, the world's not working. Right. I'm 7 billion or 8 billion, right? So, you know, why do you think, where's that source of lack of self-love coming from? What's missing in each in, each one of us? What do you think?
1: I truly believe it's not taught. No, There is no course in school. There is no, it's, it's not taught unless you're, you know, unless you teach yourself or you find the concept from the out there that, you know, like someone from me or other people who teach the concept of self-love. It's not math taught. And that's truly why I believe I'm here and why I'm so vocal, vocal about what I want to share is I want this to be an education course. I want this in our schools. I want mm. us to learn how to deal with our emotions. It's so interesting that we're not taught how to deal with human emotion, anger, sadness, depression, we're not taught how to deal with that in a positive way, yet it's such a fundamental part of the human experience is to feel. So why are we never taught how to deal with it or how to love ourselves? Why isn't there, why isn't when we go to school, someone's like, hey, it's okay to love yourself. It's okay to be different than Sally. It's okay to, you know, there's only one you, so own it." And it. There is a little bit like kind of here and there, but it's not really like beaten into our brains like it should be like algebra is. I mean, I feel <laughs> algebra is great and all, but I really feel like we could beat some better core concepts into our brain.
0: You know, I'm hearing you right now because it's like self-love is probably a lot more applicable in our life than algebra, <laughs> right. right? So I get that. I get that. So why, why do we have the wrong emphasis on the wrong things? So let's, let's go here. Okay. We're going to split uh, today's conversation into two parts. Uh, the first part is going to be self-harm. And then we'll go back into self-love, right? So we just touched on it a little bit. I want you to take us into your dark days. I want us to take you, take us back, take my audience back. Each one of us are listening from somewhere on planet earth, right? All different places. And some of us are struggling with the very darkness that you were going through back then, Kinsey. So bring us back um, to the beginning of that, the darkness um, and paint us a vivid, vivid picture, go ugly. Uh, I want to see your ugly come out. Okay. Okay. Uh, and, and share with us that story.
1: Okay. I should have brought tissues cause forgive me. My emotions are tucked stuck to my tear ducts. So anyway, listen, when you're you real and raw, let's go, let's go. Let your <laughs>
0: eyes leak girl. Come on. Bring it.
1: Okay. Um, so I struggled with self-harm when I was 14 years old. Um, and honestly, when I talk about this, it's, it's so hard to really remember it because it truly feels like another lifetime ago to fathom what I went through and what I did to myself. If I didn't have the scars to look at every day, I could totally convince myself it was just a really bad dream. Mm. Um, but when I was 14, honestly, I was actually talking to my dad about this the other day, of kind of the timeline of this. And I remember, um, I don't know what age it was. It was probably right before I was 14, maybe a couple years before my dad has struggled with depression his whole life. And I remember he sat me down and he said, you have, I think you have depression. And I was, I don't know, 12 or something. I was like, okay, cool. (laughs) Like I didn't, I didn't know what that meant. And I didn't, I wasn't registering what that meant to me. Um, and then, you know, I was, I'm a ginger and I was an awkward little kid in school. I've never really fit in and kids are really mean to me in school. Um, and then I was, you know, when you're going through puberty and you're going through junior high, A, kids are mean, their kids are so mean. <laughs> and then you have all these hormones going through your body that you don't know what to do with. And then you add on any kind of depression emotion that you're struggling with. I had no idea what was going on in my brain. All I remember was just feeling so alone, so unbelievably alone. There was some family drama going on um, to where I didn't feel like I could talk to my parents just because I didn't want to be that burden. Like, oh my gosh, you guys are already dealing with so much. You don't need to deal. listen to me complain about how kids don't like me and how I, I don't have any friends and I'm not really fitting in at school. And so I just felt very... Lost, I don't know you get this is why it's so hard to fathom what I went through because to get to a place where you want to physically hurt yourself, it is a it's a very dark and scary place to think that that's the option that's going to heal your pain. You have to think of how painful that feels on the inside to think that causing yourself physical harm is going to relieve that pain on the inside. And I think a lot of it comes down to control, that when you are, you know, kids at school aren't being nice to you, you don't feel like you fit in, maybe there's family drama, maybe there's a really awful traumatic situation that's happened to you, um, you don't have any control over that. So I believe that uh, people who do go to self-harm, it's a control thing, and that's really what it was for me. I felt like my life was spiraling out of control. I I hurt so badly on the inside and I didn't have any control over it. And I didn't know how to deal with it. So when I took a razor to my leg, that was my way of, I I can control this. This is, I can control this moment right now. I'm in control. And it's such a temporary fix because I truly believe that the the guilt and the just, beating yourself up over what did I just do it's this vicious vicious cycle that you get into that okay it's a temporary release to hurt yourself then that release is gone and now you're like oh my gosh what did I just do you suck you suck you suck you suck you're horrible you're horrible oh my gosh how would you do that and then you go back to it okay now how am I, how am I gonna fix this pain and it's, it's this vicious cycle you can't get out of and it truly stemmed from me not loving myself I believed the kids at school that I wasn't pretty, or I wasn't popular, or I didn't fit in. And then I was like, Oh, why do you suck? You don't have enough friends. You don't, you don't fit in. Oh, you should, you know, and you just beat yourself up. And it's this, this spiral in your head that you're so not aware of what's the truth. I didn't think anybody loved me. I didn't think anybody cared. I didn't think I belonged. And now I look back and I'm like, You were so loved. You, your family loved you so much. I had a phenomenal childhood. My parents could have not been better. But in my head, I just worked up this story that nobody loved me and I was so alone and nobody cared. And now that you know, you step back from the situation so many years later. What the heck, girl? You, you had it good. Like you, you were so loved. And that's that's what's so heartbreaking to me about self harm and is that you you convince yourself that you're not good enough you're not beautiful and it's this horrible story that just replays inside your head um and you know I had this boy that I was in love with and when I was 14 and he you know it's it's emotional abuse of him telling me oh you're not good enough you're not this you're not that and the worst that it got um was one night I went and I uh It was around the holidays, and I went and sat in the bathtub, and most of the scars on my legs, my legs are covered from top to bottom. Most of the scars on my legs, there's hundreds, it happened in one night. And it was one night in the bathtub, I took a razor to my leg, and it, because a lot of people ask me kind of what caused you to stop self-harming, and I don't know if you guys remember the, the, I think it was a TV show called Scared Straight, where they would, Mm -hmm. their kids were acting out and they would go like arrest them or something as pretend to show them hey this is the consequence of your action and that's kind of what happened to me is one night you cut your legs open and you can't take that back that's i realized very quickly how permanent my decision was and i think a lot of um kids they they do it very slowly. It's a very gradual thing. One cut here, one cut there. And they don't realize that those add up to permanent scars. Me it added up in one night and I couldn't take that back. And mm. the, like I said, that guilt of being okay with what I had done was 10 times harder than ever getting to that place of having to hurt myself. And like I said, you have to be in such a dark Twisted frame of mind, and not like twisted it 's not a bad thing if you 're there, but your concept of reality is not accurate. you think you 're alone and no one loves you, and none of those things are true, but you 've convinced yourself of that so hard, and it 's such a dark place that you 're in, and then it was so much harder to be okay with what I had done. I beat myself up, I felt like my self love for myself went down hundred times more than it was to get to that point. It was, so that road to recovery was so much harder.
0: So Kinsey, I'm going to jump in right here and just give uh, Broken Catholic Nation some context here, okay? Um, BC Nation, we have Kinsey Ray, uh, you know, with me here on this podcast. And just for some context, she was top 10 female model of the year. She was Top 10 Female Young Adult Actress of the Year. She was Maxim's Hometown Hotties Top 100. And she was Miss International Bikini Model. And here's a girl that has taken a razor blade to her legs hundreds and hundreds of times and now has hundreds of scars down her legs to prove it. And I've seen some of the pictures on her Facebook uh, profile of her in uh, swimsuits. Uh, with all the scars down her legs. And this is something she can never take back. And Kinsey, here's what I want to ask you. When you looked at yourself in the mirror back then, when you were in the darkness, what did you see?
1: I didn't see beauty. And that, that breaks my heart now. Because I see pictures of myself at that age oh my gosh, you are beautiful. Like I I look at the younger version of myself. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're so beautiful. And when I looked at myself in the mirror back then, oh, I looked horrible to myself. I was not beautiful. I was awkward. I was just like, I don't even know how I got that image of my head that I was nowhere near close to beautiful. And now I go see photos of myself when I was 15. I'm like, girl, what were you, what did you even see in the mirror? Like it, and looking at those photos from when I was 15, my heart like physically hurts knowing I couldn't see that beauty because my reality was so twisted with this story. I was telling myself that I was ugly and I was ugly and that's why I didn't have friends and I, that's why I wasn't popular and that's why no one liked me was because of who I was. And it's, it's interesting that the story that we tell ourselves in our head Becomes our reality, and that's what we believe because we tell ourselves over and over and over again. Pretty soon, you'll believe it.
0: So, Kenzie, let me uh, go a little deeper here with you, okay? I'd like you to imagine for a minute back then when you looked in the mirror and you didn't see beauty, you didn't see reality, you saw ugliness. What do you think God saw when he looked at his precious daughter and saw her taking a razor blade to herself? Oh, go there with me.
1: Sure. His heart broke. Just like my parents did. That was the hardest thing was to I think the best visual I can think of is my parents, because what, we're all children of God. So My mom's heart shattered when she found out knowing that she couldn't do anything to stop it. She wasn't there that, that guilt. And it, I felt so horrible for my mom because I'm sure that's what God thought that I can't do anything to stop it. But now I know me personally, and I'm sure he knew back then, you have to go through this pain so I can be here right now. And be that life for somebody because I remember it's so interesting I remember after I had cut my legs open and just trying to cope with that that I prayed every day first I prayed for two things every day first I prayed that I'd wake up and my legs would be perfect again I prayed for that every day I said I will do anything please can I wake up and just make it go away make it go away please And then the second thing I prayed for was, can someone please show me somebody who has gone through this Mm. and they're older and wiser now and things are okay, that they're happy, that life is just okay and they're not in this dark place anymore and they're not just miserable and just hating their life, that they're just happy. Can you show me somebody like that? And there's nobody. I wanted like a role model like a Tyra Banks or somebody that was in the media or that could just say, hey, I'm okay. You know, I went through some stuff and it's okay. And I prayed for those two things every day. And I just had this epiphany maybe a couple weeks ago that the girl I prayed for every day, that's who I am today.
0: It's you. And God was allowing it. You know, um, BC Nation, so many times we get caught up on – You know, if God exists, then why is there so much evil in the world? And it's such a a common question, right? The reason why there's so much evil in the world is the same reason why there's so much darkness. Darkness is not actually a thing. Darkness is the absence of light. Evil is the absence of love or the absence of God. And when we push God out of our life in rebellion to him, what we're left with is evil. So we are choosing evil for the world one person at a time we're choosing evil for our life we are choosing that the same way that kinsey was doing self-harm physically to her legs we do self-harm to ourselves in our own life by rebelling against our creator who loves us so much and we push him away and what are we left with pain and darkness and fear and god wants so 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 much more for us so Kinsey, I'm like, thank you. First off, I just want to acknowledge you for going there. That was not easy. I am known as a host who doesn't let you off the hook easy. <laughs> um, I, I take it there, right? I take it deep. Why? Because that's the that's the the areas of our hearts that we don't share, we don't show, and that's the exact areas that other people need to see a light. And as you said, you were the light the whole time. And you'd even know it, and God was allowing it. So I also want to add this, right? God has, um, God allows things uh, to happen, and God wills things to happen, right? So there's God's will; He wills uh, creation into being, right? The earth, the sun, the moon, and then He His permissive will; He permits things to happen. And I uh, submit that He permitted His beautiful daughter you know, at age 13, 14, um, to do self-harm to herself for the greater good. Because he knew who'd be sitting here right now with me on Broken Catholic Podcast, being a light to the world for another little girl who's listening right now to this show somewhere on the planet and she hates herself and she wants to hurt herself or she's already done it. And when she looks in the mirror, she doesn't see what everybody sees, She doesn't see beauty. She doesn't see what God sees, his precious daughter. She sees ugliness. And she hates it and despises it. And she wants to hurt it and do harm to it. And here you are, Kinsey, being that light. So what else do you want? What is that one thing you want to say to that little girl or little boy that is considering harming themselves or has already done it and maybe is regretting it? What do you want to say right now to the world?
1: First of all, I want to say two things, and this is the first thing has always been my fear, which I know fear is irrational, but it's always been my fear of really talking about this, um, is because I did, I have had a wildly modeling or successful modeling career after self-harm, and so the last thing I ever want is for someone to think it's cool, and it's, it's a cool thing to do just because I got through it and, you know, had a successful career, and, and I'm, I'm okay now last thing I ever want is for someone to think that it's a cool thing to do. It's, it's not, it's, and I don't condone it. I don't support it. It's not a cool thing to do. Um, So that's always my disclaimer. Um, But to the person who's already done it, it's okay. It doesn't make you a bad person. There's nothing wrong with you. It's okay. And you're going to be okay. A scar Does not determine who you are. It does not. A scar just shows you are stronger than whatever tried to hurt you. And we all have scars. And I know sometimes that physical scar is a lot harder to be okay with because you have to look at it every day. I personally think my scars are beautiful now, but um, everybody has scars. We all have some sort of past or mistake or thing that we're ashamed of because that's part of your experience. That's what you have to go through. You have to have that darkness before you can ever appreciate the light. And so don't resent yourself just because you have a scar because we all have them. I truly think you are far stronger for having a physical scar because that's way harder to have to look at it every day. A lot of us who have scars on our heart, we can kind of tuck them away, push them back. Oh, it's okay. You don't know, have to look at it every day. So feel like it takes far more courage to have to bear your mistakes and your past on your, on your skin for the world to see. So it's okay. And if I can tell you one thing, life gets so much better. It's okay. It's not always going to be like this. So I hope if you feel hopeless and you don't know if life is going to get any better or you don't know what to do next, take it one day at a time. Look at, look at yourself every day in the mirror and find one thing that you love even if it's just the color of your eyes or your smile or the way your hair looks today, just find one thing that you love and tell yourself that every day because it's that one, one step of acknowledging what you love about yourself. That will just cause an avalanche of more love for yourself that I hope I can at least show you, you can go through some of the darkest times in your life and come out on top and life gets better.
0: So, Lindsay, thank you for taking us to the darkness. Thank you for speaking straight to my listener. And now I want to ask you specifically, because I'm guessing they're asking this, they want to know, Joseph, ask her this question. How <laughs> How did you come out of the darkness? Like, how did you start moving and transitioning from the self-harm? And I understand you had the, the that one night where you... you just harmed yourself hundreds and hundreds of times with a razor blade and it shocked you, scared the heck out of you and and something clicked in you to the consequences of what you were doing. However, it's a completely different thing to have transformed into self-love. And now where you look at yourself and you go, I love who I am. I even love my scars. Like, so take us back to that middle part now. How did you make that transition one day at a time?
1: You know, like like I said previously, that was the hardest part. Far harder than ever getting to the point of hurting myself. Being okay with it. Oh my goodness, that took years. And that's why I'm here. Because I don't want you to resent yourself for years. That is the last thing I want. I look back and I'm like, girl, you literally hated yourself for five years after that. I did not wear shorts for five years. I didn't go to the pool for five years. I wore jeans through a hundred degree summer for five years. Like I would not show my scars to the world. Nobody knew it was like total shame, regret every day. That that prayer I said every day happened for five years. And it, it was a slow process and it took me a long time to learn the power of positivity. And if I can give you one tip that you can start doing right now that will transform your life, it's what I just told you, find one thing you love about yourself. For me, for a long time, it was, I used to love doing like really weird, crazy makeup. And I look back now and it was a horrible makeup job. But I just, I love that. I loved, <laughs> I loved expressing myself through my makeup and my weird outfits. And I thought I was so cool for my unique style. That's what I loved about myself. So that's what I focused on. So every day I was like, gosh, your makeup looks so good. You're so cool. And I always loved my really long natural eyelashes. I got a lot of compliments on that. Oh, I love your eyelashes. So I would just find one thing about myself, even if I didn't think my whole package was beautiful. One thing, okay, love your eyelashes. And then the next day I was like, okay, I love your eyelashes and your smile. And then it was, you know, so it's just, and it's so weird. When you take, when you have a negative thought, that comes into your mind if you can stop it and say whoa that was really negative and go and replace it with three positive ones like oh kinsey you suck today no the sun is shining today your mom loves you today uh your outfit's really cute today you can drown out any negativity with positive thoughts and it's hard trust me it takes practice i'm not saying this is easy and it will happen overnight um Because you'll notice if you let the negative thought come in and you think another negative thought and another negative, it's a downward spiral and you'll just start going down the negative path. But you can stop that negative thought and replace it with a positive one. And it was, I don't even remember how I learned that, but I caught on that anytime I thought a negative thought and let it perpetuate into more negativity. It just got into this dark rabbit hole to where I learned I could replace it with a positive one. And the reverse would happen. The more positive you think, the more positive thoughts you get. And positive attracts positive. And that is truly what got me out of my depression. I also became very aware of what I was exposing myself to. Anytime I was sad, I would listen. I was always listening to the emo, screamo, very depressing, like sad, negative music. I thrived on that and I was like, Oh yeah, I am really sad. Oh yeah. This music is speaking to my soul. I was like, wait, this music is just like making me more sad and amplifying my sad feelings. So I switched what I listened to. I won't even listen to that music. Now all I listen to is happy upbeat music. Anytime I'm in a bad mood, I put on a song that makes me want to dance instantly. My mood will change. So be aware of what you're exposing yourself to. Are you watching the movies that just make you cry all the time? Are you listening to the music that just makes you feel so sad? Those, the songs in those movies aren't bad, but if that's all you're listening to to feed your negative emotions inside, that's not healthy and it's just making the way you're feeling worse. So I just started becoming aware of what's, what's going into my mind and how am I perceiving it? And so a lot of it was I had to get in control of what I was thinking. And even if I didn't feel happy that day, I told myself over, you're great. Today's great. The day's great. The sky's blue. The sun is shining. The flowers are like, and it's, it's a, it's a habit. And now that's all I think about. And I hear people talk negatively. They're like, Oh, no, 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 my life sucks, but you're breathing. You're alive today. And then, so I, I talk it to other people because I know what those negative statements and thoughts will do. I know the place it'll get me to, and I refuse to ever go back there. I refuse. So it's a daily active practice. So think of it as a practice. Don't focus on perfection, focus on progress. It's a daily practice.
0: I really appreciate that you went there. Um, Garbage in, garbage out, right? And, you know, so many young people are like, just listening to what's cool, what's trendy, you know, in music or watching what's cool, what's trendy, and not realizing the harm that they're doing to themselves, right? And even as, you know, uh, just all generations, right, all ages, it's like, we constantly wonder why our life's not working, why we're so depressed, literally listen to what Kinsey's saying right now, like, what are you consuming? The same way if you eat crappy food, you're going to feel like crap right? If you're putting crappy food into your ears, you're going to feel like crap. If you're putting crappy food into your eyes, you're going to feel like crap. If you're putting crappy thoughts into your heart and your mind, you're going to feel depressed and sad. And it just, you're feeding the wolf, right? As they say, you're feeding the wolf. (laughs) Choose which wolf you want to feed. Do you want to feed the the angry, nasty wolf that wants to harm yourself? Or do you want to feed that cute blue-eyed, you know, husky-type-looking wolf that wants the best for you in your life, right? Which wolf are you going to feed? So I'd like to read something here um, that's on your Facebook uh, post that I was able to just kind of pull here. And this is something that Kinsey wrote, and I really like it. It says, my story isn't over. This is only the beginning. Don't be so quick to judge a book by its cover. Most people are fighting a battle you know nothing about. Please be kind to everyone you meet. You never know what will be the last straw for someone and send them over the edge. Your kind words or compliment could be that glimmer of hope that keeps someone here for one more day. Choose kindness. Always. Everyone deserves to finish writing their story. For for years, I wanted a giant tattoo on both my legs to hide my scars. I was ashamed for people to know my past. Today, I wear my scars loud and proud. If you have scars, if you have wounds, I hope you know that you have nothing to be ashamed of. You are not alone. Kinsey, what shows up for you there? What do you want to add to that?
1: Um, that, that post, I believe that was for the National Semicolon Day, the Semicolon Project, um, which that blew me away. I went and searched the hashtag that day, how many people opened up that day? Mm. Because I remember being in the place of hiding my scars, not wanting anybody to know, very embarrassed. I thought I was the only one. I thought I was the only person who had ever gone through this. And it's been very interesting and eye-opening to me that the more I talk about this, every time I I do a new post or I do a podcast and really open up about this, I have at least five new people reach out to me, telling me this is something I've struggled with. I'm currently self-harming. And it blows me away at how prominent this issue is and it's not talked about. And that's why I loved your intro to your podcast. You're talking about the stuff people aren't talking about. This is not talked about. And the reason why people aren't aware that it's such a big issue is because the people who have scars, they're hiding. They are hiding. They don't want the world to know. I did it for five years. I know exactly who these people are and what they're doing. They're hiding their pain with a smile. Nobody knew I was cutting myself because I was like, oh yeah, I'm doing great. Life's good. And then I, the the you never know what the last straw is going to be because that's what it was for me. Someone at school was mean to me, and it's not that them calling me ugly or Satan spawn because I was a redhead. Not that that comment ruined my life, but it's the last straw on the camel's back that it breaks them. It's one thing, one thing, one thing, one thing, one thing. You never know when your your mean comment on social media. You'll never know when that was just the last thing, and that person couldn't take it any longer um and it it causes them to take their life or self-harm or or you also know on the flip side you hear those stories and i love these stories when you hear that someone was just nice to someone that day you know paid them a compliment helped them out invited them to come hang out later they found out that person had plans to go kill themselves that, that day mm. and because of their kindness they chose not to i've heard stories like that all the time it's like you never know when just being a decent human and saying, hey, you look great today. You never know when that, when someone's like, oh my gosh, are you sure? Really? So I always make an effort. Everywhere I go, every person I run into, I find a genuine compliment. I don't just say it. Hey, love your bag. That's so cute. Hey, your makeup looks great today. Love those shoes. You're just so happy. I, I always compliment every person I run into because I remember the first time someone looked at me and I could tell they were being so genuine. The first time somebody called me beautiful. Oh my gosh. My world lit up. I was like, she just said I was beautiful. No one's ever like, other than my mom. Of course, my mom always. Yeah. Moms are supposed to say that it's in the mom contract, but outside of like my parents, some random stranger stopped me like, Oh my gosh, you are so beautiful. Me. Oh, there goes my headphone. I was like, Oh me. Are you sure? Like, so I just know what that meant to me when I didn't believe it for someone else to point it out. It just, it rocked my world. So I'm, I'm very pro being kind because it costs nothing to be kind and it can just totally change somebody's day. And don't be mean There, you, you don't have to be mean either.
0: (laughs) Yeah. This is powerful what you're saying. BC nation, listen to what Kinsey is saying right now. Your tongue has the power to give life to someone or to destroy someone, death, right? You have that power the same way people have that power over you. It's just, it's, we're all one, right? Humanity is one. And it's like there's self-harm amongst that we could do individually to ourself and there's self-harm that we do to others But indirectly, it's coming back to us because they're our brothers and sisters, right? We're all one human family. So when we hurt our siblings, we're actually hurting the family unit, which then in turn is hurting ourselves again, right? And it's like, we need to get that we're all connected. And when you look at someone and, and you judge them and you condemn them and you hold their face in the mud, you're really doing it to yourself. And you're doing it only like what Kinsey said way in the beginning here. You're doing it because there's something inside of you you don't like. So find out what that thing is inside of you that you don't like and then figure out a way to change it, transform it, ask God's help, you know, ask him, Lord, I don't love this part of me. Show me why you love me, right? Show me why you love my wounds, my scars. Like that's so freaking powerful. Because I could tell you right now, like for Kinsey, God absolutely loves every single one of those hundreds of scars down her legs. Because he was right there with her as it was happening. And he didn't see the scars. He saw the girl. He saw her heart, right? And that's what God sees in you. Whether you're a young man doing self-harm or you want to harm others, right? Right? Let's talk about like school shootings and stuff like this all stems back to, you know, self-love. I, I think Kinsey, you're spot on right there. You know, like if someone's going to go and do harm to themselves or to others, it's because they hate themselves. There's something going on in there. Go ahead.
1: Um, and I read this very interesting article just because you kind of brought up, you know, harming others about, you know, the I don't want to get on the gun debate, but just, I don't debate about that stuff, but I read the most fascinating article of how we could stop that. And it goes back to what I just said. Anybody who feels loved would not want to go hurt others in that way. Go be kind to the kid who doesn't have friends at school. Go befriend the person who feels left out and is the loner because it's typically those people who don't feel loved. So they're angry that they're not included and not loved. That you know, if someone is loved, they would never want to go hurt people like that. So you have the power to go show somebody love and be the change in their life and show them, hey, come be my friend today. If you don't to be their BFF. Just ask them how their day was. Ask them how how they're, you know how's school today. How's work going? Hey, want to come grab coffee? You don't have to be their best friend forever, but just that kind compliment, saying hi, acknowledging them. That goes
0: such a long way. I love it. So, BC Nation, if you're just joining us late here on the podcast, our guest today is Kinsey Ray, and she is top 10 female model of the year, top 10 female young adult actress of the year, Maxim Hometown Hotties top 100, and Miss International Bikini model. And she's just a regular girl, right? She's a regular girl who used to not like what you saw. We used to not think she was beautiful. And, you know, it's really interesting because I'm going to speak personally here, Kenzie. I have seen some of the, uh, you know, like the, the most beautiful um, girls, right? Physically attractive girls that uh, we put on the um, covers of our magazines, right? Models and everything like that. So many of them looked awkward or, you know, unacceptably attract, unattractive uh, in their adolescence, right? Why? Because they were going through the transformation, right? Of becoming beautiful. And it's like, we go through that ugly duckling stage and we hate ourselves during it. Right. And like, I was an ugly mofo when I was younger. Right. I was, I was not like an attractive guy. Like I was awkward and and clumsy and, you know, I just, I, I didn't show up well. Right. But like, and now like people are like, dude, you're like, this really good looking guy must be easy for you or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, but you don't know what I went through too. Right. So we all have go through these stages. And I would just say, if you're going through this awkward stage, you know, right now in your life, in your teenage years, just know that God has something beautiful planned. He sees the beauty within you. Soon, the world's going to see the beauty on the exterior as well, right? But bring that beauty through. Like one thing I, I, I say so often is the most attractive feature on a woman or a man is their smile. Hands down, it's the most attractive feature. And when you smile, like your attractive uh, meter goes up by like 30 40% just by smiling. So show, show what's on the inside. People will see it. So uh, Kinsey, you can find Kinsey at KinseyRay.com. That's K-I-N-Z as in zebra, E-Y-R-A-Y.com, KinseyRay.com. Kinsey, we're about to enter the confession round. This is where Ooh. I'm going to ask you 12 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. First thing that comes okay. to you, are you ready?
1: I'm ready.
0: What's your favorite thing about being an adult?
1: Naps. Naps Power
0: naps What's your Least favorite thing About being an adult? Taxes Got it (laughs) When you were a child What did you want to be When you grew up? Was it a model Or something else?
1: First it was a teacher Then it was a doctor Then it was a model But it's funny I talked to my dad About this the other day He said You always said You wanted to be famous That was just like Your thing That you wanted to be famous So any or all
0: of the above. <laughs> well, Kinsey, listen, you're on Broken Catholic Podcast. You're now famous. Welcome. Uh, if you could be anyone for the next seven days on planet Earth and trade places with them, who would you be and why?
1: Me. I, there's, I'm so content with who I am. I, there's no one else I would want to be.
0: You know, I love it. For someone that used to, you know, self-harm, you're now in such a place of self-love. And that's just a beautiful thing. What do you wish you were better at? any area, big or small? I
1: wish I was more flexible. That's one thing I'm working out of my gym class is I want to be more flexible and it's just not there. <laughs> Got it. So
0: physically flexible, not like personality or anything like that. No. What dream are you scared of pursuing?
1: Uh, I was scared of talking about this and pursuing this, but in the last five months I've gotten a lot of courage and it's still scary. I was still nervous to come on here, but every time I speak out about this and, and really talk about my story, it's so rewarding. The messages I get of people saying, wow, thank you. You've really helped me understand I'm not alone. And so it just shows you that what you're scared of most is probably what you need to be pursuing.
0: Love that. What secret fear do you have about God?
1: Mm, is he proud of me?
0: Mm. Got that. What secret fear do you have about people?
1: Oh, that's about people that we can't change, like that we can't kind of recorrect the course that we're on, but deep down I know we can, but some days you watch, you know, you watch the documentaries or the, the stuff that's going on in the world and, that fear comes up like, gosh, are we really that doomed? But deep down, I know like just be the change you want to see in the world. It takes one person. It takes you. You're in control of your actions and what you do. And I truly believe that's what creates the snowball effect. So anytime I get that fear, I'm like, nope, you go lead the way and others will follow.
0: Kenzie, that's exactly it. It's like literally you are proof. You are evidence that the world can change. Like straight up, okay? One person. If you had the power to remove any one form of suffering, I kind of know what your answer is here. What would it be from the world? What one form of suffering if you could wake up tomorrow and snap your finger and it was gone? What would it be?
1: The self-hatred, the self, you know, just love yourself. I don't know how to phrase that And then, what would I remove, but what I would give everybody is just the beauty to see everything that they are right now, the good, the bad, the ugly, the flaws, the scars that's exactly who they are supposed to be. We're all trying so hard to change stuff about us. stuff about us when there's only one you like exactly who you are is perfect. Quit trying to look like that other girl, quit trying to be that other person, be you because there's only one. And that is like the most profound concept to me that there's only one you and you are designed as you are for a reason because who you are is supposed to make a giant change in the world.
0: So Kinsey, do you get like the impact of that out of all the humans in world history, all the humans that currently exist and all the humans that will ever exist, like literally God puts you right here, right now, this generation to do what it is you're stepping into right now. Like
1: how much do you get that? It's crazy. I actually had a very profound, um, Conversation with someone. I do kind of energy work and stuff, and she said, "You know, you went through that." Because I feel like my situation is very unique. um, Because I meet people still today who went through self harm ten years ago. They're still not okay with it. They still haven't accepted it and really like moved on. So they reach out to me. So I feel like what I went through in such an extreme and such a quick way, and then was able to heal, be okay, went on to like just my whole situation. I truly believe I had to go through that. And the lady I talked to, she said, you have you made contracts with people up in heaven that you were going to go through this so you could come and, and be their light because they were going to go through that too. And I was like, that's a lot of responsibility. Like, whoa, like it just kind of made me think about it in a different way. But I truly believe that and it can get a little overwhelming. But at the same time, it's like, this is, why i'm here like this is my purpose and it's so cool to see the doors opening the more i pursue it
0: i love it bc nation when god puts a light inside of you it is your obligation to shine for the world obligation kinsey imagine some time in the distant future and there you are standing in front of your tombstone read to us what it says on it
1: she was the light she needed when she was younger.
0: Love that. It's awesome. When you die, what is the first thing that you'd like to say to God or ask God when you walk through the pearly gates?
1: Where's my sister? (laughs) Aw. Got Got it.
0: (laughs) Got it. And last question if you could come back to life after you died and tell your family and friends only one piece of advice, what would you say to them?
1: Live life to its absolute fullest. You only get one. So go for everything you want, quit waiting till tomorrow because it goes fast.
0: Mm. Amen. Very cool. Guys, we had our guest today is Kinsey Ray. That's You can find her at KinseyRay.com. She's like a superpower, awesome, amazing model. All the girls look up to her now and wish <laughs> they could be like her, but they got it wrong because they just need to be like themselves and open yes. up their hearts and love themselves. And that's her message today. That's how she got to be who she was. She let God do the healing, right? She showed up with her brokenness and her wounds and said, God, Do you love me with all of this? And God always says yes to that. Always. I love you because of this, right? That's the power there. So Lindsay, thanks for joining us today. And I wish you the love, forgiveness, and transformation of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This was great. Thank you.
0: Have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked?